welcome back to the pit wall. Welcome to today's episode. This is episode number two. You've got Matt Yay. and Josh here hey. with you. How's it going, everybody? So this week in particular, we're going to be getting right into some conversation and discussion because unfortunately, or fortunately, after three weeks, we have no race recap this week. No race this past weekend. So unfortunately, we just got a lot of news to cover, but luckily there was a lot of movement in Formula One this week. Yeah, there certainly was. Before we get to it, I did have one initial question for you, Josh, which is... What do you think about these triple headers that we've been doing this season? Because there's a lot of bitching, a lot of moaning from all the teams. Everybody's sort of complaining that "Ah, it's too much on our families. It's too much on the engineers. I personally love them. I think it's great for the sport. I think it keeps people interested because it's week in, week out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I obviously as a, you know, fans love triple headers, but like, I am sympathetic to the athletes because, <laughs> like, oh, boo, who is a multimillionaire? Especially, especially at Magello, they were pulling up to five G's in some of the turns on their freaking neck. Like, it's it takes a it takes a lot of training to have your neck not break at five G's horizontally. So, you know, do I love triple headers? Would I love a quadruple header? Of course, but like, you know, I'm also realistic. Dreamers can dream. Like I think it's I think it'd be a good thing. I think going forward with the sport, they should really take into account doing this a few times a year. Maybe yeah. not every week, oh, but totally. a few times a year. Yeah. Lando Norris was out playing golf. I think it was him this week complaining that it, it made him nice. more sore than F one. <laughs> which I mean, I think a whole bunch of people call bullshit on that. But yeah. that was Lando's position. Yeah, well, Lando, Lando's he's you know he's a little guy in general. So you know any sort of strenuous activity outside of his normal routine might be a little stressful, but. I think they that they definitely should incorporate a few more uh, triple headers uh, in the future, not necessarily back to back triple headers. You know, it's a compressed schedule this year, but uh, well, that's right. COVID nineteen has thrown a wrench yeah. into it, but I think it would be a good thing for the sport to not oh, just for forego sure. it going forward in the future. Oh yeah, right. Like don't cave to all the pressure from the teams. No, totally. Um, I think yeah, no, I think I think they should definitely incorporate triple headers. Actually, I didn't even bring this up in the news, but I did see something earlier today fresh hot off the presses that um the teams are considering doing some sort of rotational track throughout the upcoming seasons oh to like sort of get Magello. yeah exactly to to bring those back to bring those wild card tracks into play which would be phenomenal well so they (laughs) certainly nailed that right i mean we're gonna do that that is a huge step in the right direction yeah like we talked about last week these tracks are underutilized they really should be on the schedule oh totally yeah and you know it's just like it's great to mix it up because you know the drivers can do most of these tracks blindfolded so to throw in a wild card track that would just be you know it I mean, look at Magello. That was great racing, you know, not only because of the wrecks, but the drivers enjoyed just the mix-up and the new tests that they had to do. It was a tough track. Yeah, I didn't hear anybody really complaining about no. it. Actually, I saw one article talking about how at least the Ferrari drivers wanted those gravel pits to remain yeah. on the tracks. That, right? like, it should be penal if you wind up in one. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, if you're in, you're done. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, I like it. So we'll see how that develops. I think that's a really good, really good, uh, aspect for the sport that they should look at going into the future absolutely yeah well that's a good segue into the actual news of the week yeah you know. so the guy who would be making these decisions in the future is uh just nominated stefano domenciali um he got named as f1's next ceo it was a big step um there was rumor of toto wolf or christian horner maybe even zach brown coming up 
Um, but then I believe it was FIA, either F1 or FIA put in some sort of um, mandatory break in between being uh, involved with Formula One teams and being the CEO. So that sort which, of... Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, there's no way you could trust Christian Horner to take over F1 and, like, be impartial and manage the sport the way it needs to be. Exactly. He may be great at it someday. I'm not saying Christian wouldn't. Eh, I'm just saying I to- couldn't... Toto tr- would be bad. You couldn't... Tr- <laughs> maybe. I, I love Toto. Uh, yeah. And there's certainly been articles this week talking about how he needs to get the hell out of Dodge from Mercedes, so maybe that isn't his future. Yeah. But you got to have that separation. I yeah. think the FAA is right about this. I'll, yeah. I'm not sure they're right about much, but I think they're right about that. Yeah. No, they, I mean, it, it is, you know, even in government work, like, you got to take a mandatory, like, cool-off period, or you can't work after, can't work after X amount of years um, if you're involved with anything. So, um, you know, it's there for a reason. Right. Well, and there's yeah. concerns even about uh, Stefano, right? I mean, he was at yeah, Ferrari for like 20 years. Exactly. Yeah. So he's got a long history at Ferrari. Uh, he was team principal for six years. Um, then he moved on to serving as the president of FIA's single seat commission. Uh, what is that? I frankly, I don't know. Does any? I mean, it's just like a data point that everybody throws around yeah. for him. But like, who fucking cares? It's a consulting position. Yeah. It's, like, well, okay, he was still involved in the sport. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's really what these kinds of things are. Is you know, when once you're done, you sort of consult. Yeah, that's what white collar people do. <laughs> He's still got to make money somehow, and they have friends in high places. Exactly, and then but he did serve as CEO, or he has been serving as CEO for Lamborghini since 2016. Uh, frankly, uh, between now and 2016, Lamborghini has come out with some damn good cars. They have had some awesome cars, but yeah. what do you think that does for him in terms of F1? You think it just gives him a good business knowledge to use? Yeah, or? It, it certainly adds the business aspect to his his resume for sure. Um, and he adds into like car manufacturing, changing consumer trends. So he really has been building his resume for, for things like this or for a position like this. So frankly, he's got the qualifications in my opinion. Maybe the, maybe he will fit in well, right? I mean, if he's been in a car manufacturer, one of the big things you especially hear this from Mercedes and they're looking for the way out is it's too damn expensive to participate in F1 to be competitive. And so maybe, you know, having that as a sense and kind of working on the rules to try to keep costs down is a good thing for the sport as a whole. Exactly. And that's that's really what a lot of the, the feedback is from this move from uh, F1 and from Liberty Media is that it's it's sort of a shift back in favor, really for the racers, um, for the, the sporting people and somebody who's like has a reality of what's going on on the ground. As opposed to, you know, quote, the Bernie Ecclestone style of F1 management. Like, yeah, he, he did a lot of things with Liberty Media, took a very corporate commercial. But to my knowledge, he had to do something to to raise the awareness of the sport and to get new fans, which I think that's worked out. Well, I think if you can go back to a style of racing, right? right. Like, you know, yeah. for me in particular, the race last year at Monza where Leclerc won and took some dodgy moves blocking Hamilton along the way that it were allowed, and he got shown the black, black right. and white flag yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. But that was core F1. Exactly. Like it was real racing. That was real. It pushed everybody to the edge. Yeah. It wasn't sort of what you have been seeing to me in F1, which is don't do anything, don't get anywhere near anybody, everything is investigated. Exactly. Everything is a problem. Right. And that's not good. It's not what anybody wants no, to watch. Exactly. Who gives a shit what the stewards say every day? Oh, totally. So it's it's supposed to be, and you know, I, I I see it as being a good balance between between you know corporate management and you know what's going on on the ground. Somebody who understands the the, the sport part of the sport. 
Um, so yeah, it's just you know a lot of chatter regarding potential prejudices or yeah. So do you think or he'll preference be... towards Ferrari given his background? Do you think he's gonna be biased towards Ferrari? Of course I do. Really? Yeah, I'm just like it's because you think everybody's biased towards Ferrari. Anybody who's in, anybody who's involved with Ferrari is is biased towards Ferrari. It's like a it's like drinking the Kool Aid over there. <laughs> Well, I mean, it doesn't help them so far. They currently have at least one member of the they upper get, echelon. They got a cash award for being Ferrari. <laughs> they got hammered, and their car sucks ass because of decisions made, I'm pretty sure, by somebody who used to be at Ferrari. Yeah, well, I mean, they decided to, you know, push the boundaries and cheat a little bit. But, I mean, you I'm know. I'm just saying, the head of the FIA, I think, is a former Ferrari man. Yeah, no, I mean, of and, course, and that's I would the, not that, be that yeah. was the body that got him. I, I don't understand. It's because thought. if you get caught, you get caught. If you get caught, you know, cheating, you got to do something. You can't be like, oh, sorry, buddy. Like, we'll let this one slide. No, you can't do that. See, I think it's a good thing. I Which think is why we need to see the findings to realize how big of there are no findings they didn't do anything wrong it it's it's a sealed document they they settled because they don't want other teams to know what they were doing because it gives them a competitive advantage when the rules are rewritten that allow them to do it again well so i understand why ferrari doesn't want that to be public knowledge what exactly was going on with their power unit that makes sense to me but i i think frankly it's a good thing to have top members of teams at the top of f1 is it good that ferrari may actually be the head of f1 and the fia Probably, Since forever. <laughs> pro- probably not. Like, it would be fine if Mercedes or Red Bull had somebody at the top. But I think you do want people with that kind of core expertise and knowledge in it. And quite frankly, I think Ferrari needs a little help. Oh, they, they need all the help like, they can yeah, right know, now. Look, but it's better for F1 if they're, yeah. if they're good. Right? If they got to cheat or have a little assistance from the top, that sounds like a positive to me. And see, that sounds like a negative to me. It's just like, you know, it's it's unavoidable. To me, I mean, this guy's resume, Stefano, it's it's pretty it's pretty damn near impeccable. He shows all the qualities of good leadership, good um, with the experience of the sport. So you know, hopes are high, but like Ferrari's gonna be Ferrari, and if he throws him a bone now and then, and it makes it more competitive, I think that's okay. I don't. <laughs> I think it's good. I am so supportive of this. And uh, for the record, we're just going to call him Stefano because I cannot pronounce his yeah. fucking last name. Yeah. Domenicelli. Domenicelli. Yeah. This yeah. is an American podcast. Yeah. We do the best we can. We drink our beer and uh, turn to the left. <laughs> and we don't turn any other way. Yeah. So, I, you know, the next piece of news that we have here, and it's been all over the wire this week. Which I thought was, frankly, quite interesting because he's not even in F1 at this point in time. Is Fernando Alonso has been all up in Renault's business. Going to test, do I think he did a drive in the simulator, sort of got fitted for the car for next year. Yeah, they're really they're really publicizing it, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, like, they're super jazzed to have him yeah, coming back in. Which is sort of funny because Cyril was out last week sort of bitching quietly in the background about Danny Rick leaving. Sort of like this is yeah. why he should have stayed. It's so funny because I was I was picking up on that too. Like the I think they're really starting to click now. Like the the beginning of the season seemed super tough on both of them, but now now they're really getting into sync. And it's what only been two years. Yeah, I mean and the Renault's better. Yeah, the Renault has gotten better, and I think Cyril's point was Danny needed to give him more time. Yeah, yeah. he needed to be more patient. He needed to see what would happen, but he didn't. Yeah. Now he's off to McLaren. I know, and I mean it's the McLaren and Renault are at this point they're they're neck and neck. 
So it's really yeah. What's your prediction for next year? Do you? Th- I I took this position on Twitter about whether Danny Rick would be better or worse at McLaren than he currently is. So yeah, from what we discussed last week is that Zach Brown has made all the management moves he needed to in order to in order to secure the success of the team in the upcoming seasons. So I I hope that McLaren really pull pulls up and really becomes competitive with Ferrari and Red Bull. I don't know what they're gonna do for Mercedes. But for Ferrari and Red Bull, I think they're going to be contesters for second and third in the constructors, um, where there might be, might be, they're probably battling fourth. So my position on it actually was a little bit different. I think Danny Rick will be demonstrably worse next year with You McLaren. think so? And wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? I mean, I from what I have seen from Renault this year, that car is solid. It is It is solid, and it's only getting better. And Danny is getting the most out of it. He is. Right? Because compare him to Ocon, and yeah. it is night and day. Hukon? <laughs> <laughs> but you look at the McLarens, and they're fine. They are staples in the midfield, but they are essentially the Ferrari. Yeah. And the Ferrari is not the car it's, you want. Exactly. Yeah, like, the, the McLarens aren't going going anywhere this season. They're not climbing. They're just staying, like, upper midfield where Renault started they started pretty low, yeah. But they've been building consistently, and Danny has been driving the hell out of that car. And next year's cars are the same cars, yeah, because of the COVID nineteen rules. Yeah. So I, my prediction is Danny ends up worse off overall next year than he would be if he'd stayed at Renault, which is a damn good thing for Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Because the man is what? Well, he at least was world class. <laughs> yeah, We're gonna right. find out if he still has anything in the tank. Yeah. And frankly, that's a whole other thing. Is like could be a lot of hype i'm sure he's still good you know he was a two-time world champion um but he also retired for a reason yeah i, I you know look this is a little bit of the retread of an nfl type move where exactly tom brady leaves the patriots to go to the yeah. bucks fernando was at ferrari for or who was it brett Favre that retired then came back to and brett Favre. it yeah. happens all the time but it's never good the comeback is never it's never good. what you want yeah. it just doesn't and so I think, frankly, that's a re- very big risk here for Renault. It's, it's super risky for Renault. But, you know, they, they got put into a tough spot last minute um, with Danny going to McLaren, which, you know, we have it recorded here, people, that uh, we'll see if we'll see how Danny does next year. I mean, I mean, I still think it's a good move for Renault. Don't, like, don't get it wrong. Yeah, I, it's I think that it's, it's not necessarily going to get them any sort of, like, real high placements. I don't think they're going to compete yeah. with Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes all of a sudden right. with Fernando. I th- but the name recognition alone helps them. In oh, totally. Uh, yeah, especially, you know what? Freaking, that's probably what it is because they're rebranding to Alpine. I mean, it just it helps them yeah, sort of sell it, merchandise. Exactly. It helps put them on it the really, radar. It really just helps get the new Alpine name out there, bringing on Fernando Alonso onto the team. And if, so and that's, if, yeah, that's a strategic move. I'll give him credit yeah, for that. Look, if Alonso places in the points on a consistent basis and he had challenges for a few podiums along the way, sort of, if he basically becomes Sergio Perez, right? that is a huge win for Renault. Yeah, you know, points generator, good all-around racer, um, champion material. Uh, not in this car and potentially no longer. But, I mean, it's it's a good move. Is it the best move? You know, instead of reaching down and bringing somebody on, yeah, time remains to be seen. Time yeah, exactly. Tell. I will say this: What do you make of Fernando's statements this week that he'll do "quote unquote" anything that Renault wants him to do this year? Like, is he? Tr- what is the point of that? For I, I I give him credit for just trying to get involved as early as possible. You know, like if you're excited for a cool new job, you want to start. You know, 
if you had the option to start early, like you probably would. You know, an astronaut, I'd go up earlier. Well, and if he's just <laughs> sitting around in his house, like there's nothing else really going on, like why not go hang around sweet the garage? Ass houses with models and stuff. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. But you know, like look. Exactly. You know, he's he's an athlete in the sport. He wants to be around the sport. So I, you know, he wants to be involved. Let him be involved. Uh, you know, it's obviously creating a lot of hype. Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about it for at least five minutes now, and mm-hmm. it was all over the news this week. Yeah. And I, look, again, I'm excited to have him back. Yeah. I, it's not even in our notes, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. I'm excited to have a Schumacher likely coming back to F1. All the reports that I have read out there that Mick is going to be up there. See, Mick. I, I, I read some analysis on Mick, and I mean, as much as I really do want a Schumacher in the sport, it, it, and he is he's Formula Formula 2. He's leading, leading champion right now for the the driver series, but from what I read, he hasn't really started on pole this season. It always started second or even third row most of the time. He's had some you're saying he's Valtteri Bottas errors. Um, you're saying he's Valtteri Bottas and Sebastian Vettel combined. Except <laughs> except Valtteri, he doesn't make mistakes. Yes, he does. He choked. I think it was to Leclerc. Like he got right when? up behind him last year. I have to go back and look at the race. Oh, he made one mistake in one season, I mean, and, and he, now he's a mistake it, it maker. Was, it was challenging for the lead, he <laughs> choked it away. Yeah, but I mean, apparently for this past season, it's like a consistent, it's a consistent quality that he's uh, messing up. He lives on the edge. Hey, so do so do drivers, apparently. <laughs> um, well, I mean, so I, I do think to back up one step, I do think that it is likely that we will see a Schumacher here because we still have a number of open seats. Which I welcome. Is he going to be as good? As the other, well, time will tell. He's, time cer- will he's tell. certainly not going to be with the open seats because no. currently we think we, at least for the moment, there's one open Red Bull seat, but we think we that's just going to go to Albon. It, it's it's probably going to go to Albon. You got two at AlphaTauri, two at Alpha, and two at Haas. Yeah, I he could get, and I think it would be super great if. Uh, I don't I don't even think AlphaTauri would take him at this point, but I think uh, Alfa Romeo would. Alfa Romeo or Haas would probably do good for taking him. When they're both Ferrari-aligned teams, and it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, they're, they're there may even Ferrari be a deal. customers, yeah. Schumacher may even have a deal to go to one of them if he finishes at yeah. the top. I mean, just, you know, name recognition and brand recognition alone bring any team a lot of a lot of uh, attention. Yeah, I mean, and he'll be at the back of the pack. He'll sort of, to me, he'll be like George Russell. Like, I love George Russell. I hope mm. to God Williams gets better or somebody else picks him up. I think that man deserves a credible ride. Yeah. I would love to see what he does. Yeah. And I think Mick is going to be in the same boat when he first gets into F1. He exactly. is not going to be at a good team. He is not going to challenge for any sort of victories whatsoever. Is he going to be better than Giovinazzi? Yeah. A blind man. Yeah. Would be better than Giovinazzi. <laughs> see the last race when I he came screaming through like a, I, a missile. Antonio, if you listen to this, I, I I would not be better than you behind the wheel, but uh, I want to say that I would be, but you know, I mean, you know, a realistic it, person. He couldn't even tell if people were driving in the last race. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> green light go. <laughs> That's basically what happened. <laughs> So, you know, I think Schumacher will come back. To me, that is a huge positive yeah. because, like Alonzo, it just gives name recognition to the sport. I think the more people we can get watching, the more eyeballs on it overall right. is a good thing. So we still have a few other seats to talk about. And, you know, with those, we, we mentioned that we think Albon will go back to Red Bull. I think that's going to be right. Yeah, likely. Porter has said – got to say this. Porter has said a bunch of dog shit about Pierre this week. Yeah. Sort he, of just like, oh, Gasly couldn't handle the car. And we right? just – And we just think like, that, like, Albon came in and he was able to handle the car. Like, what fucking race are you watching? I know. Like, Albon is a puss. Gasly, like, he's just a little green in my opinion. But, like – 
when they were the same in the car. Yeah. Until this last race, Albon just, has been trash. He's just anti-French. Well, he's he's British, and you know. I just think Christian, to me, and maybe this is true of all it major just makes, team it principles. Just, it just makes no sense. He can't admit that he made a mistake. Or that maybe he was too hasty with Gasly. Oh, yeah, well, And yeah. now they brought up Albon, now they're sort of fucking stuck with it. Right. And they can't be like, well, actually, we should have kept Pierre. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know. But that's sort of what it feels like. It, it does. And, like, there's a there's a couple factors in there. Number one, I think Albon is just happy being Max's number two. Where Gasly, you know, he, he definitely would like to make a better name for himself, be a team lead. I think, frankly, he is the team lead for Alpatori. Yeah, with um, Danny Criatis. Yeah on his way out actually yeah that did come up he's probably on his way out just you know mediocre performance at best yeah i mean i don't see any world in which he keeps that ride for next year i know year. like it's just it's hard to imagine that somebody who's just consistently done pretty poorly keeps his seat when he's deeply unlikable yeah right? like i mean as you think about f1 you have the sporting aspects of it and then you have sort of the soap opera e aspects yeah. of it which is what sells the sport exactly and there is nothing to like about danny no and he's just uh, he's russian which is actually a negative yeah I mean, <laughs> well, and then he's just such a big bitch like mm-hmm. the dude just whines all the, every radio broadcast you ever hear yeah. from him is him whining yeah great hair though I, I give him credit for that he's got great hair I look at you with the positives yeah you know Nico Hulkenberg is out there, yeah, which I guess is theoretically possible for a lot of these teams because yeah, he did fill in for a race. He was uh, solid in the racing point. Yeah, what was that, Silverstone? Yeah, yeah, for uh, Perez when he was out. With yeah, COVID. exactly. Yeah, Perez was out for COVID, COVID um, during one of the Silverstones, and Hulkenberg he held his own. He didn't he didn't shine, and but he didn't fall by the wayside either. He just held his own, did pretty well, and so his name is still in the hat. But for, I'd be surprised. I think I'd be. I would. I'll put it on record. I'd be surprised to see Nico in a full time ride in F one next year. Frankly, I I give his shots better than um, Schumacher. Agree to disagree. Yeah, I just, no, I mean, there's all the upside in Schumacher. What does it do for Alpha or Haas to bring in Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg's got the hunger to come back. I mean, granted, like we just discussed it, discussed this with Alonso. Like, you know, comebacks are almost always never great. But Hulkenberg has proven he could at least handle his own in a car again. Sure, he can drive it better, right? So if right. you're Haas, for example, Kevin Magnussen has not had a great year. Yeah. Gross John last year was god-awful. Yeah. So you could see replacing him, but it doesn't buy you anything. You don't have any excitement. It's not a young driver people are going to get behind. It's not like an unknown, maybe something cool is going to happen. Well, Nico it's got a lot of fanfare for his return. To a decent team in a car that he might be able to win. Right. Because people wanted to see him perform well. Exactly. But it wasn't a question of we just want to see him perform. Right. It wasn't. So, like, to me, I don't know that he does anything for Haas or Alpha. No. Same way Kimmy doesn't really for Alpha. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate too. Like Kimmy, he's probably on his way out. Yeah, although I think Alpha said if he wants to race, they'll keep him. Yeah, because it, it, you know, Kimmy Raikkonen, he's the Iceman. He's a world champion, several time world champion, I think. I just don't know why he wants to do it. Yeah, he's just like, he, it seems like he doesn't even have his heart fully in it. No, he just drives around at the back. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Move over. But, you know, I think the, I think the, the resolution to our debate here is hire both Schumacher and Hulkenberg, different teams, see who comes out on the top, uh, see well, see would, which mouse churns that butter into, into That would actually be fun to watch, cream one with butter. Haas and one with the Alpha, give you something in the back of the pack to pay yeah, attention to. Right. I, you know, frankly, I'd want to see Schumacher race uh, George Russell. That would be really like, good. Like, you know, yeah, put a couple a, of young a people race. in, like, sort yeah. of similar cards, like, tell me which one to use actually better. Oh, totally. I would watch that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. So where do you think Sergio Perez ends up? Oh, or God, does he, he just he just gets the freaking he gets the shit end of the stick honestly but he has so many sponsors 
He has so much money that follows him because he's he's the only Mexican driver in the yeah, sport. Yeah, he's the only North American driver. So, right? like, well, actually, no, Ocon is, I think, Canadian. Yeah, and I think the Strolls may actually technically be Canadian. Or may, maybe it's the Strolls. But Perez has a ton of personal sponsorship money. Really? So, to me, there's a great incentive for a team to bring him per- in. Personal Mexican sponsorship Just money? Like com- I, think it's all, I think it's a lot of Mexican companies, but they all follow him. Oh. Bring him in, especially if you're Alpha or Haas. Yeah, like no, you're not I mean, a team with a ton of money. You need just bring in the money. Exactly. I, I'm frankly, if Alpha Romeo or Haas are getting rid of one of their drivers, he's the best bet for them. But because he's a points generator, he's a consistently good driver. But uh, you know what you just brought to at least my attention is that he is an income generator as well. Yeah, he's really popular with the segments of the market that are into yeah, him. He's just got a mariachi band following him around. Yeah, I mean, like, look, you need, especially, Raining $100 bills. I think if we'd started this podcast two weeks earlier, we would have been talking about Haas sort of debating whether it's going to stay in. Uh, yeah, no, that's true, too. So take the fucking money. Yeah. Oh, totally. They need the money, clearly. And he's clearly better than Grosjean or yeah, Magnussen. totally. Yeah, they're just like, they're just mediocre at best, where Perez is, yeah, he's consistently good. I mean, I look, I don't love Sergio. That's probably because I'm also biased against Racing Point since they cheated and literally copied the hey, Mercedes, which we're going to talk about in a second. It's all hearsay. What? <laughs> it is not hearsay. It is the same fucking car. Uh, Lord, oh, I can't say it. <laughs> it's possible somebody just purchased it outright. <laughs> well, the last driver we should talk about briefly is Caleb Lott. And I'll, mm. I'll let you speak to him for a minute because I'm not as familiar with him overall. Yeah, that's actually a new name to me, too. Just I, I saw his name come up in a couple things uh, this week. Um, but he seems to be a good fit for Alfa Romeo's spot. F second place driver in the championship at the moment. But he is creating a lot of chatter. Um, super fast driver. Consistently good. The, the reviews where he was somewhat of a wild card where they didn't know if he was going to, you know, wreck or... or stay on the track because he drives pretty pretty not recklessly but on the edge yeah well that's okay while that's being bad. super so fast Leclerc is like that he, he makes these kind of like sort of wonky baku last year sort of yeah. like bizarre mistakes exactly he's the excuse me the the fastest ferrari driver academy driver so there's a lot of chatter for him and i think i think that'd be a good pickup you know from my perspective i will always take young drivers in the sport I yeah think, exactly. i think f1 is at a transition period to me yeah they need to bring on the new guys especially i mean candidly especially with the netflix show because they've gotten such good press out of the netflix yeah. show you're bringing in young drivers they're going to be entertaining mm-hmm. they're going to all be fighting hard against each other because half of them are going to be in shitty rides yeah so you have the front of the field action right where god willing someday you will again have <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri, Charles. You'll now have Carlos Sainz. Yeah, Sainz. And Verstappen. I, I don't even fully believe in Sainz, you know, filling. I, well, I don't either. But just yeah. assume you give him a decent car. So you're going to have like six drivers at the front. So if you put a whole bunch of young drivers also in cars right, at the back, yeah. the race is now actually really interesting. It is. Because even if the front of the race is dominated because one team happens to be really great on that track, you've got a shit ton of really interesting action as you try to see totally. who is sorting themselves out for the promotions exactly. as these other guys fade out. Yeah. And that's what Formula One is. And that's what it should be. Yeah. So on to the the hottest topic of the week is Racing Point and their new rear end. I mean, it's a fat ass. It is. It is. That's actually the opposite. A a great ass. Um, So yeah, Racing Point and this week, they are switching their rear end. They updated it. They they did it in a hurry. They did. Yeah. Because they're worried about it. 
Exactly. There, there was a deadline that they had to meet, but we'll get that to we'll get to that in a second. So Racing Point updated its 2020 cars rear end, taking Mercedes's 2020 rear end from their Shock. W11, which shocking. Hell yeah, winners going wide. Just Racing Point taking off from the Mercedes 2020 car, which is you know good for them. That's a freaking power play. So are they officially the Mercedes B team now? I think it's safe to assume. I mean, they, they've been, I would say, a sister team, an unofficial sister team, but, like, just the closeness of the relationship, especially after the break duck. I mean, they should put a ring on it at this uh, point. I they, mean, they it should. seems like Toto's just handing it all to them. Uh, well, you know, when when we're, if you're a billionaire and I'm Toto, like, I'm... <laughs> a I'm, multi, multi, multi-millionaire. I'll take your money, sure, man. So... FIA confirmed earlier this season uh, that customer teams can upgrade from their twenty from their suppliers twenty nineteen cars to their suppliers twenty twenty cars for just listed uh, parts. Listed right? parts, yes, uh, without incurring any of the three permitted development tokens. So during a season, constructors and customer cars they are allotted three of these development tokens to use if necessary throughout the season for certain major upgrades to their car you exchange your tokens for these upgrades which makes sense because it's designed to it's basically set up so then the off season you can build your car right and then you can make some modest number of changes during the year exactly but you can't just wholesale redo it right because you got it wrong exactly it's i think it's a cost savings measure honestly yeah it it, no it definitely is and it's it's a way of preventing teams from looking at one car and be like oh that is so much better than our car we're going we're going to buy that part and then we're going to buy that part and then we're going to buy that part and then all of a sudden they go from a crap car to a fantastic car so it's a way of limiting the extent of improvements that any one constructor can do based off of another constructor's work but racing point took advantage of it anyway yeah well you know that's that's FIA's call. <laughs> well, that's, so that was the hurry, right? I mean, so yeah. there was a debate. Ferrari brought it up. I believe McLaren brought it up yeah, about it, whether or not this rear end fit under the token system. Exactly. So, yeah, they've been, they've been lobbying the FIA to revisit this rule. FIA's rule is that tokens would not apply. Um, at minimum, the old rule was it had to apply before September 30th, I believe. And so Racing Point, you know, what's today? The 24th. They did it right on time just to meet that deadline in case FIA reversed its decision. But the lobbying did not work. And so FIA did not revisit their rules. So they, they had a little bit more time should they choose. I wasn't aware that FIA ever denied it. It's sort of like it was languishing and nobody really knew. Exactly. It's just like it got buried under some stuff. Like they, I put it like this, FIA was not in a hurry to make up its mind. <laughs> it got buried under the brake duct stuff. Yeah. Well, in a, I guess in, in fairness, as a lawyer looking at it, if I'm FIA, the answer is it doesn't fucking matter until it's after September 30th. Exactly. And so if, we, if they don't do it by the deadline, then we have to make a decision about whether or not this counts. Right. And if I had to bet, they would have sided with Ferrari and McLaren and said that it did count because it obviously should have. They replaced the entire rear end on the car. I agree to disagree. Did they not? Did you replace the whole rear end on the car? The rule says that they can upgrade from 2019 to 2020 list of parts without incurring any of the three permitted development tokens regardless. It is a massively, 
massively important part. And it is one of the hallmarks of what has made the, the Mercedes car great. Yeah. Is what they have done with the rear. I'm not taking anything away with from how awesome the part is. Right. How, or how Racing Point afforded it. But <laughs> it is clearly a competitive advantage. It oh. is co- clearly a massively expensive kind of upgrade. It oh, should totally. obviously count under these tokens. In my personal opinion, should count. But, hey, we go by the rules. FIA did not reverse it. They didn't establish a deadline anyways, but they, they, they chose not to incur any tokens in the first place. So, so what does it do? Do you want to explain what the yeah, thing does? So, like, the, the, the quote-unquote science behind... <laughs> what, do we not believe in science anymore? It's like, I'm Donald Trump, and I have some quotation marks. Yeah, you know, I've been known to not wear a mask here. No, I, I do wear my mask, and if you're listening and around the world, Wear your goddamn mask. Once upon a time, Josh said this was not a political podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's a it's a public health podcast. <laughs> Regardless. Okay. So. No, I'm just going to tee it back up for you. Mm-hmm. It is just, you know, it's a massively effective it's, it's, part. Yeah, it's a hugely so, effective part. Um, so what does it do? It's, it's a new rear end. Swept back to the suspension. So it really sort of allows a stronger current of air around the diffuser. So if you think of an airplane wing, lift is created when the air going over the curve travels faster than the flat part. So air wing, top is curved, bottom is flat, air travels faster over the curve than the flat, creates lift. In Formula One, it's the opposite. You're creating downforce instead of lift. So is this the reason the Mercedes sticks to the road so well in the corners? Yes, uh, it's a huge reason. And it really just allows that stronger air current around the diffuser, a lot of downforce, it's a big, uh, it's a big upgrade. I mean, yeah. look, this is the reason that Hamilton's tires and Valtteri's tires blew out. Yes, under Pirelli. Right. I mean, if you put that much downforce on a car, which Mercedes does better than anybody else, yeah, you have to give them credit. It's the reason they're so good in the mid part of these tracks. Mm-hmm. The reason that they corner so much better than the Ferraris, even when Ferrari had the power unit. Yeah, the downforce of the Mercedes is second to nothing. It is. So, you know, racing point. I hope it works for you. Putting all that extra downforce you know, on a slightly I, shittier car, we'll see. Honest, well, I mean, granted that Mercedes, I was going to say that it would make Racing Point competitive with Red Bull. However, Mercedes actually sort of modeled it, modeled it off of Red Bull. So Red Bull already had this type of design in the works and on their cars. Well, apparently the Red Bull is the hardest car to drive in the entire field. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of what Christian was bitching about yeah. this past week. He's like, oh, it's just a really hard car to drive. Uh, we'll make it easier. I it's, mean, it's your freaking job. Like, you're a top three team. You don't hear the other teams talking about how hard the cars to drive, except for Sebastian Vettel. So, you know, the other thing about Racing Point that I wanted to get to is they have just basically sold Sergio Perez out. Yeah, like just, and they, I feel they, said, bad. they just told him to go fuck off. And he was talking in the news this week about how they're not even giving him all the details anymore, that they sort of cut him out of technical conversations. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, so I'll take a different position. It is crazy to the extent Racing Point is actually in a top three conversation for the Constructors' Championship. Yes. That- which is completely surprising. Yes. So to me, if I were Racing Point, I would do everything I could to secure that top three position. Exactly. Because who the fuck knows if he'll right? ever have that chance again. Exactly. That said, Perez obviously is unhappy about leaving. And I don't know if you knew this, but and I didn't until like yesterday, the day before. The way Perez found out about that he was fired, essentially, was he heard Lawrence Stroll on the phone no talking way. to somebody else about it. Oh my god! So he didn't even Racing Point didn't even apparently have the decency to tell Perez to his face first 
that they were going to go and move on that to somebody else. That is nuts. So Paris is obviously not in a good place with the team. Obviously, there is bad blood. So I understand Racing Point's perspective of we don't want to share sensitive technical information with a driver who is leaving who also hates us. Yeah. So I get it, but... But, but he's also, in my opinion, he's better than o- not Ocon. He's better than Lance Stroll. Yeah, but who cares about that? Yeah, it's, it's his just dad's you know, team. it's yeah, it's nice. It's nice being you know your dad's driver. Yeah, I mean, like that's it's clearly just, what's going on there. Yeah, it's 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 pretty screwy because you got Vettel coming in. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? But r- racing Still point bad for the guy. I do. I mean, I do. Yeah. Too. But Racing Point has doubled down on this. So Stroll wrecked his car yeah. <laughs> at yeah, Mugello. Yeah, that's, that's where it gets really super fucked. And they've given him a brand new one yeah. with all the new parts. Exactly, with the, the new rear end. And they could only fit one because they spent they have too many parts and they're expending too many resources to put the new rear end on both cars. So guess who's getting that new rear end? It's freaking Lance. I mean, so Perez the, is just going to be out there in the old yeah. racing point, doing the best he can. Yeah. Frankly, probably doing better. Yeah, and if he'll probably me, make it to the end again. If you <laughs> if you asked me to predict it, I would take Perez over Stroll. Oh, I, I, eight times out and, of ten, I would take Perez over Stroll. I'd take him this week in Sochi. Yeah, likewise. I'm not sure I'll take him in qualifying, but I'll take him in the race. Oh, totally. I mean, he's, the rear end probably better, gets you qualifying. Yeah, he's, he's a better race performer than Stroll, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I and I hate that. I I don't have anything against Stroll. Yeah, it's just the driver. Yeah, exactly. He, he's not a bad guy. It's just like he seen, and he's good. Yeah, I think he has great talent. Mm-hmm. But Perez really is better as a driver. I mean, just is. Yeah, he's, he's more consistent. He's got great talent when his dad buys the old Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just there's a lot to like about both drivers, and in a sense, I I sort of do hate it for Lance that his dad owns the team. Like, it doesn't seem fair, but... It doesn't. That said, you've capitalized on that position. Yeah. Right? Like, the fact that you're still there, and Sergio Perez, who has been better than you for two years, is out. I don't want to hear it from you. Yeah, he's got nothing. So, with Um, all that said, that brings us to our first piece in our episodes of a race preview. Yeah, race preview. So, this weekend coming up, it's going to be the Russian Grand Prix Sochi Autodrome. So it's the 10th race of the season. And Josh, before we get into it, I have to ask you the yeah. million-dollar question. Mm. Will Vladimir Putin be in attendance? I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, oh, he'll be there. Whether we know it or not is another matter. Well, the second <laughs> question was, will he be naked on horseback? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> jury's still out. <laughs> well, he actually killed the jury. So <laughs> there, In Russia, there is no jury. <laughs> it's just Vladimir. <laughs> it's, just, it's just him. Um, so it's been on the calendar, uh, since 2014 and funny enough, Mercedes has been the only team to win at Sochi, which is, you know, it is funny because I'm pretty sure other teams have taken the poll there. I think Ferrari has been on the poll there. Are you sure? According I, to my sources. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, so my expectation, if I look back at it is that Mercedes has won all the races, but they have not been on the poll. I think in particular last year stands out because oh, of Ferrari, qualifying, you mean? because of qualifying on the pole oh, is the Ferrari yeah, power different. unit put them there. Yeah. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah, it's different. And in modern F one, you expect the pole sitter to at least have a better than fifty percent chance of bringing that race home. Yeah. So it is telling that I, I think if we go back and look at it, Mercedes has not sat on the pole very often. Sochi, but they've won every race. Yeah. 
which just tells you how good the car is exactly. in race mode. And how good Hamilton is. But anyways, back to before we get into the drivers and and commentary on that, just give our listeners and viewers a little preview. It's 10th race, been on calendar since 2014. It's a street type circuit, but it's not really a street circuit because they don't really close anything off. Uh, pretty interesting, but it is 5.848 kilometers long with 58 laps. It's got 18 corners, two long straights, and uh, it's looking at like an a just like a, a draft or an overhead view of the track. It looks pretty interesting. Uh, it really has uh, some good corners, some good curves to it, and it's got this one good constant radius left-hander early in the track, uh, just after like turn two or three that you know they're going to be pulling some hard g's put a lot of wear on the tires and probably you know some people if they're ballsy enough they're going to make some moves on it so i'm really excited to see it uh but back to do we think there's gonna be a tire story this week i don't think so um actually unfortunately because tire stories are freaking awesome uh causes a lot of havoc a lot of uh you know i love them i think we after after what silverstone yeah i think we all love them after silverstone but this track is known to be pretty easy on the tires. Pirelli has issued their softest compound tires, and it's expected for a 58-lap race, it's expected to have just one pit stop. So that's actually pretty pretty easy. That, that uh, is really easy. Yeah, especially compared to Mugello. Honestly, I have to say, based on the way the season has shaped up with Mercedes dominance kind of across the board, it, it sets up to be kind of a boring race at the front. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, frankly, it has the potential to be a boring race because the tire wear factor seems to be minimized on this track. Right. You don't have any pit stops where people make weird yeah, errors. Exactly. There's no pit stop. It's just like this is the lap. Just try and make it there uh, on your tires and then change. Yeah. I mean, so the best car wins and that's obviously going to be Mercedes. Yeah. So it's it's projected to be a mercedes one two and then really the action is going to happen in the midfield but who do you think is really going to compete in the midfield for this this week so that's a great question yeah. and it's a great question because max verstappen was in the news today actually mm. talking about how he wasn't sure that he would podium in sochi so that begs the question of who is going to get that yeah. third spot. don't tell me freaking albon I, I, so uh, I, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I, my impression of Max's comments is that the Red Bull may not be as good as we think it will be in Sochi, right? Because Max, with a, gar, with a good car under him, is obviously one of the top three drivers. Yeah. So for him to come out and sort of signal like, eh, I may not be there. And a man with his ego. That's a huge say, signal. Yeah. Say, eh, I may not be it's, there. Something really humbled him. So my expectation <laughs> is that you might see the third place go to Racing Point. I could definitely see that. I think with the new rear end and just, you know, the the speed of the car and the similarity to the Mercedes, you could see racing point. I I don't think McLaren will be there, actually. I think McLaren and Ferrari, well, at least Leclerc from Ferrari, are going to fight around seven to nine. Mm. You know who's an outsider? Is Danny Ricciardo. I was going to say that. (laughs) I I think that, you know, the Renault has really come on in the last couple weeks. Yeah, especially if you take the tire wear equation – or take the tire wear out of the equation, he stands a good chance at podium, you know, barring anything wild happening to him. I mean, him. he's aggressive. He will yeah. drive that car right to where it needs to be. Yeah, He'll take the right risks. Yeah. I, you know, don't be surprised if Daniel Rick pulls something out this weekend. And, you know, Lord knows I hope he does. You know, 
big, big Australia fan. Uh, you know, shout out to any Australians listening to the podcast. Uh, Sydney's great. Blue Mountains, you know, recover well. <laughs> I, I can't speak to that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, so Danny, he may be there. I hope he yeah. is. I would love, love to see him get a totally. podium at the Reno, especially just to see Cyril's tattoo. Oh, of course, the tattoo, the legendary tattoo. I want to see it. Hey, I, I feel like this is actually may be our best chance. Yeah, I, this probably is, actually, if you think about it. So so that leaves the, the only question at the front of the field is can Botas compete with Hamilton? And I will tell you, before you answer, I will tell you Please my tell personal me. view. No. Yeah, he can't. No, I no, want him to. Can't. I really want him to. So do I. I want. I want. I don't think he'll. I actually think in qualifying he'll be a solid two tenths behind Hamilton. Yeah, he's he's gonna be behind Hamilton because, you know, to his credit, Hamilton is the best driver of our era. Um, you know, since Schumacher, he's the best driver in the best car. He's going to reign supreme. Baltas is good he's really good but not lewis good it's just like you know bottas is, is bottas. and that car is so good it'll, it'll yeah. highlight every flaw he's, and valtteri can't quite get as much out of it as hamilton can exactly and that, at the end of the day it's just going to be decisive yeah which I, I will take a minute to say something about this uh-huh. is you know it is a little bit bittersweet for me as somebody <laughs> who grew up watching and sort of fell in love with the sport watching michael schumacher race yeah that Hamilton's going, I think, pretty clearly going to equal his record this weekend. Oh, yeah. He's going to match the 91 wins. And it sucks that Michael can't be there. It doesn't suck yeah. that Lewis is going to match it. Lewis deserves it. The man is excellent. He is a great ambassador for the sport. Yes. Nobody's more deserving than Lewis. But it sucks that Michael had that accident. And it sort of sucks this week. There were some leaks about some random-ass physician somewhere sort of talking about how he's in a vegetative state. And, like, yeah. he's not likely to come out of it. Like, no. hate that. For the Schumacher family. Exactly. Because this, I think, is a type of situation where Michael would be there. Oh, totally. And he would yeah. be there to say some nice things to Lewis, and it would be yeah. good for the sport. So, in that sense, it sucks that you're going to have such a milestone reached. Right. With nobody else within a country mile of ever reaching it again. No, exactly. Right. We'll, we'll at least be 10 years older before this ever even uh, Sure, before, you know, the Hamilton era ends and somebody in the right car at the right time with the right skills has a shot at beating that record because you know hamilton's got another at least two years left in him i mean even verstappen's not young enough now frankly to pass hamilton no he's not um he's basically leclerc and ferrari has sabotaged him with two years of dog shit (laughs) (laughs) i mean like you just don't have anybody of the right age in the right car yeah it and it it is like the perfect vector to beat the to beat the records now you're going to need the perfect vectoring of car, driver, time. And team principal. We yeah. shouldn't take anything away from Toto Wolf. He deserves a lot for yeah. where Hamilton has gotten to in this. Toto. <laughs> but it, it, it does suck overall that Michael won't be there, and I felt like that's something worth saying. Oh, totally. Because I think it would be a really cool moment. Oh, for sure. For him to have been in Sochi. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I guess that brings us to – oh, you know what? Actually, I, I read this this morning. Uh, Hamilton appointed uh, – I forget the guy's name. Uh, some foreign name, but apparent no the the, the notable thing. What of an the, American statement! <laughs> it's a foreign name. The the notable thing is that Lewis Hamilton has a committee on increasing diversity in Formula One, from drivers all the way down through pit crew, all the way down through engineers. He's got a committee and added somebody new and important to that committee to increase diversity in the sport. So I just thought that was like a notable thing to mention. 
Um, well, it's consistent with Lewis's values. Yeah, right? oh, I mean, totally. he's done a ton on this front. So supportive of yeah. that. I, you know, it's a little bit too soon to comment on the Brianna Taylor situation right. out of Louisville you know, yesterday. After that fallout, yeah. But I, I will be curious to see if Lewis has anything to say about it. Oh, totally. And it's just, and he should. If he has something to say, he should say it. Absolutely. And it's just for anybody who hasn't done the research. I've done a lot of research. Diversity in organizations is a positive thing. Uh, this is not political. This is just like diversity increases your perspective, increases your your organization's experiences and life experiences. It's it's a beneficial thing. We should get on that. Yeah. No. Yeah. As as a country, as a podcast, uh, we should we should get on that. So to to circle back to where we started the first episode, since mm. we're now at the end of the second. This week's episode is again brought to you by Rich Barrel Brewing. Rich Barrel Brewing, their Devil's Tree Double IPA. Which is fucking wonderful. It is really good drinking. So can't support them enough. Yeah, and also I'd like to add a new sponsor this week is uh, Rich Water Jewelry Company. Oh. Yeah, yes, yeah. So if you've uh, done something wrong to your uh, significant other, why don't you just uh, hop onto richwaterjewelry.com and uh, buy your significant other a nice necklace, handmade, USA-made themed necklace uh my wife has one I, she does and it, you know frankly it looks great so strongly encourage yeah. you to do that so in closing guys look like subscribe comment we've now tried to push the podcast out to a variety of places it's on spotify it's on google podcasts we've uploaded at least a kind of blank video to youtube we'll see if the video for this episode worked out we're still yeah. you know again working on it but go like subscribe comment send us feedback you can reach us on Twitter at RVA Pitwall. You can reach us on Instagram at the same. You can reach us on YouTube at the Pitwall, just generally. So come find oh, us. Good grab. Come tell us what's going on. We should be on Apple Podcasts soon. Yes. You know, let us know. We want to make this entertaining for you all. That's the goal. Yeah. And uh, if you're around, watch the race this weekend at Sochi. Sunday, what is that, the September 27th? I think that's right. Yeah. Ish, 27th, 26th. Uh, you'll find out. <laughs> um we're going to try to do a live broadcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll try that, and it's definitely in the works for future races. Um, but so we'll check it out. This, yeah. is, this has been The Pit Wall with Matt. And Josh, thanks for tuning in and listening. See you guys. Take it easy. Take it easy.